This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everybody. It's the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by. Bet Rivers. We got a lot to get to today. The Browns are looking for a new running back, but will Jerome Ford, who played well after Nick Chubb's injury, get the gig? Or will they bring in somebody else as a co-starter, a starter? Or will the guy they bring in just be depth behind the starter? We'll get to that. Also, other injuries being dealt with in the NFL right now. You've got the Giants with Saquon Barkley. You've got the Saints with Jamal Williams. Running backs are falling out like flies. Uh, You know, from an NFL perspective, what do you do? From a fantasy football perspective, you know, it's always been about drafting running backs. You know, and that trend has changed a little bit. Will that continue to change as we continue to see more and more running backs uh, go down. And are they all really injured? An NFL accusation says maybe that's not the case. I'll tell you what I think about that. Plus, Major League Baseball, we have, let's see, today's Wednesday. So we have uh, 12 days to go in the regular season and still a lot to be decided. Who will get the final few playoff spots in Major League Baseball and will it make a difference? That's all coming up on this latest edition of the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square. It's that simple. Chance to win $10,000. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, again, we're brought to you by Bet Rivers here today, and we'll begin with the Cleveland Browns. Um, obviously, on Monday Night Football, everybody saw it. Devastating injury. Nick Chubb, knee. We don't, we don't have all the details on the injury yet, but what we do know is he is going to need surgery. He has at least one torn ligament, probably multiple, unfortunately, and he will have to have surgery, and he will be out for the season. So... Where do the Browns go from here? Uh, Browns, a couple of years ago, drafted Jerome Ford as a mid-round pick. And the hope is, you know, and the reason the Browns let Kareem Hunt walk away at, after being here a couple of years in a tandem with Nick Chubb is that they felt that Jerome Ford was ready to take that mantle as the number two back. And because the Browns have been, I would say, wise you don't know if it put the Browns and Wise together, but I think in this case, I'll give them credit despite criticism from many of my brethren and sister in the media. 
Um, they've been wise with Nick Chubb's usage, which has kept him fresh. Now that can, you could say, well, uh, Adam, you just said that's wise. Now he just tore up his knee and, you know, who knows when or if he'll ever play again. Well, listen, you, these things happen. It's a violent sport with violent results sometimes. And unfortunately, great players and great people like Nick Chubb sometimes get hurt, sometimes get seriously hurt. It sucks, but it's a part of the game. And it unfortunately can't be predicted uh, when you maybe keep the usage down on Nick Chubb a little bit to try to extend his career. You can't anticipate something like this happening. Obviously, as I said, it's always a possibility, but it is what it is. So this was going to be the year, it appeared, through the first two games that Nick Chubb was going to get a higher percentage of touches than he's ever gotten. Not that he's been, you know, listen, everybody's made such a big deal about it. He's he's usually top three or four in terms of carries. Uh, you want to argue he should be number one, as my colleague Jay Crawford has done so many times. Okay, so be it. We can argue that. The point is he's touched the ball a lot, but not too much. And this year I thought it was going to go up. It appeared to be trending in that direction through the first two games or the first game plus before he got hurt. But now he's gone. The good news is after you have, you know, a day and a half now to to recover from it to some degree, you think about it from a football perspective. And as great as Nick Chubb is, it's not an injury that the Browns can't overcome. The reality is that with almost no exceptions, uh, only injuries to only catastrophic injuries to top 10, 15 quarterbacks really kill your season. That's about it. So as are the Browns a worse team without Nick Chubb, no matter what they do, 100%. Are the Browns odds of making the playoffs and winning in the playoffs now at least a small percentage lower without Chick, Nick Chubb? Of course. Yeah, that can't be denied. He's a tremendous player. Can the Browns still make the playoffs or possibly even win a Super Bowl without him? Yes, I think that's possible. We all know it's less likely, but it's possible. It all comes down to Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this today because I've talked about this a million times already, including on Monday. We all know what Deshaun Watson has been capable of in the past. We don't know if he's still capable of it. When the Browns traded for him, I never thought for a minute he wouldn't be capable of it. Even coming into the season, I thought it was unlikely he wouldn't be capable of it. After two more poor games, I think anybody being realistic is starting to think about it a little more if he just can't get back to the player he was. I still believe he will. I think there's less people that are believing that these days, but I still believe he will. Uh, and if he does, then the Browns can still make the playoffs and still possibly win the Super Bowl, even without Nick Chubb. But the roads become harder, and Deshaun Watson now has to do a, a whole lot more to make that happen. He can't even just be good. He's got to be excellent. He has to reach. We're trying to get him back to good. Well, he's got to be even better than that if the Browns are going to still have a season that they want to have. Now, getting specifically back to the running back position, what should the Browns do? Jerome Ford, I thought, played very well after Nick Chubb got hurt. He obviously had that 69-yard carry, got tackled on the one-inch line. He had a, in, the, in the fourth quarter, had a couple of, I think he had three runs of six or more yards, not including that 
the 69-yard rush. So I thought he showed some good things in this game for a team that was had to be a little mentally beat up, obviously, for a team that was getting no nothing in the passing game. Deshaun Watson with three turnovers, four total by the, the passing unit, if you will. Uh, they really did nothing through the air. And so there was a lot on Jerome Ford. And you have two, not to mention two offensive tackles not playing great, especially Jed Wills at left. I, I th- actually thought DeWan Jones played pretty well at right tackle, considering he was going up against one of the best pass rushers in football in TJ Watt. So yesterday, um, Kevin Stefanski announced that Jerome Ford would be the guy. And that's fine. Of course, he's the guy now. Um, will that change? Yeah, of course it will. Because the Browns are, are at this point, the only other running backs on the roster have very little experience, right? <clears throat> the fact that the Browns already had Kareem Hunt back for a visit and that according to Mary Kay Cabot at Cleveland.com are talking along with other teams to the Rams about Cam Akers tells you that they they need somebody to at least be a co-starter with Jerome Ford. Why? Well, think about the two guys you're talking about there. Kareem Hunt was here, and it di- it didn't end great. Not terribly. It was not like a public spat about it. But... Everybody involved with the team that covers the team knows that it, it it Kareem Hunt wasn't happy. He wanted a new contract last year. The Browns were uninterested. Then then it, you know at one point he wanted to be traded before the season. That didn't happen because frankly, there's not that many teams that want him. And we've seen that this this offseason of free agency. There's been a few teams that have shown interest, but obviously they didn't offer him enough money that he was willing to sign. If at all. I mean, I don't know even know for sure that somebody offered him a contract. I think they probably did, but it probably was at minimum money, and he wasn't going to maybe play that much. Now, at one point, he was talking to the Saints. Had he been signed with the Saints, he probably would have played a lot this past week and this week, but Alvin Kamara is coming back. The Browns is a situation that and, – and so the fact that the Browns are talking to Kareem Hunt, who it didn't end great with, the fact that they're willing to engage the Rams, who have essentially – um you know, Cam Akers, who, who they're talking about, is a talented player, but he's been sent to the to off the team essentially two years in a row. Obviously, there's something going on in the locker room, in the classroom, whatever. That the Rams are not that a coach like Sean McVay is like, I, I got this talented player, but we got to get rid of him. So the fact that the Browns are willing to talk with the Rams about Cam Akers, a guy who obviously there's some issues there, the the fact that they're willing to talk. With the with Kareem Hunt, who it didn't end well with, and we know his backstory, tells you that the Browns feel a sense of desperation to some degree, and that they're not just going to take some, you know, guy who's bounced around, who's a random, you know, backup guy to, for two three touches. They want to bring in a guy that they think can at least share the load with Jerome Ford, and that's why they're talking with players of this caliber who are. Who are good players. Now, I, I'm not sure what Kareem Hunt has left. Well, while a lot of people were screaming for Kareem Hunt to play more last year, I was watching him and didn't see that burst that he had when he first came in the league with the Chiefs and when he first joined the Browns. So I don't know that he's that good anymore, but he, he is better than the alternatives. 
at this point. So I think Kareem Hunt, while, while Cam Akers is younger, and they both have issues, uh, at least you know Kareem Hunt's issues. You know how to handle him. Cam Akers, you don't. Uh, is Cam Akers better at this point? Maybe. While I, while I think Kareem Hunt has lost some gas in the tank, I don't think he's completely out of gas. I think bringing in Kareem Hunt, and it could happen some by the time you listen to this. If you don't listen, to, if you listen to the podcast tonight, maybe it's already happened, and we'll talk about it again next podcast. But uh, I think the the move that makes the most sense for the Browns is Kareem Hunt. So if you're in a fantasy league and you got the waivers ran last night, nobody picked up Kareem Hunt, and you. You're sitting here today, or you got you, you got waivers that, that run th- overnight Wednesday to Thursday. I'd proactively pick up Kareem Hunt. Now, maybe he doesn't end up signing with the Browns. You know, then then you, you're out of luck. But if he does, he could become uh, a, a decent fantasy a- uh, asset because I think if the Browns sign him, he will play. Maybe not the first couple of weeks, but if the Browns sign him today or tomorrow, sometime this week or even next week. By week five or six, I think he'll be playing a lot. And even he could play right away. I mean, it's not like he's playing quarterback. I'm sure, you know, as long as he stayed in decent shape. And I, and if he's not in good shape, the Browns probably won't sign him. So I think he makes the most sense. I think that makes more sense. You know, when, when Nick Chubb first got hurt, I went on Twitter and I said, call the Colts, go get Jonathan Taylor. That was, I, I, I'm not usually prone to that kind of uh, overreaction and prisoner of the moment thinking when I had a chance to calm down from the injury, I realized trading for Jonathan Taylor for the Browns doesn't make any sense. And if, if you go, if you're looking at cam Akers, I, I, again, I think I'd rather sign Kareem hunt rather than give up assets for cam Akers. As for the other injuries to, to running backs, you know, it's it, Saquon Barkley. The, there was reports on Tuesday that he's recovering. Well, I can't see any way he plays Thursday night against the Niners. Well, who knows? Maybe you'll be back by the following Sunday. And from a fantasy perspective, I think Matt Breed is the guy to pick up, but I wouldn't go crazy. Matt Breed is 28 years old. They'll probably split carries with you know, Gary Brightwell and some other guys they have there. I, I, they're supposed to play in the Niners. I, I'd i not be that anxious to put Matt Breed in my fantasy football lineup here. Uh, for the Saints, Jamal Williams is out. That situation is a bit of a mess. Taysom Hill had, was their leading rusher last week. I did actually pick Taysom Hill up in one of my fantasy leagues because he's tight end eligible. Uh, so I thought I might stick him in at tight end this week because he could, you know, I don't have a great tight end. And so he might be, if you don't have a good tight end, um, Taysom Hill might be able to help you for one week. Uh, Alvin Kamara is supposed to be back next week, so that's probably the end of his run, but he could help you. In terms of running backs and fantasy in general, I, I think you do have to be I, – I, I think the way the fantasy football is trending toward picking more wide receivers high makes sense. The, the reality is running backs just get hurt more often, especially these days. Now, the NFL has filed a lawsuit with the NFLPA claiming that – Essentially, running backs are feigning injuries because they're ticked off about what's happened with the running back market. And while I get the frustration from running backs um, and understand that a lot of it's been talked about, I just don't buy this. I think it's nonsense. And the league's got a lot. With all the collusion they've done over the years, the league's got a lot of nerve. They're not going to win this. 
They're trying to send a message here. Uh, the next negotiation is going to be tension. Uh, have a lot of tension. But in the end, the players always cave. The NFL Players Union always caves. It's not like baseball and basketball where the where the, the, the players a lot of times get at least some of what they want or have. The NFL players never do. They always end up caving in these situations. All right. One more thing I wanted to hit on. Uh, on Friday, we'll... Uh, We'll get to the um, the games of the week, all the picks. My picks have been really good. If you've been following here at Bet Rivers, uh, a bunch of us were, that that uh, do podcasts and are analysts for Bet Rivers, including a couple former NFL players, Mark Schlereth and Brandon Stokely. My uh, my idol growing up, Mike Francesa, who's been doing this for a thousand years. And Mike Missinelli from Philly. I'm kicking all their butts right now. I love it. A long way to go, unfortunately. But I'm 7-3 uh, through two weeks, so stick with me. I'll give you the Thursday night football pick because I won't do a podcast again before that game. The Giants are at the 49ers. The 49ers are a 10-point favorite. This, I, this is it, it's a game that I don't feel strongly about because I don't I, I obviously don't think the Giants are as bad as the team that played their first game and a half this year. They're also not as good as the team that played the second half against uh, Arizona. It was a terrible team. They should have never been down that big in the first place. I'm going to assume that Saquon Barkley cannot play. Uh, obviously, if he does, it might change my mind. I think if, if Barkley were playing, it might actually swing my mind only because the spread is so big at 10 points. But I think San Francisco is the best team in football. Dallas has probably played a little better so far. I think San Francisco is the best team. I do think the Niners will cover. if Because without Barkley, I don't think the Giants have any running game at all. And as, you know, as well as Danny Dimes played in the second half last week, that's Arizona. This is San Francisco. There's no comparison. Uh, you can't be one-dimensional against the 49ers. It's hard to have success against the 49ers, period. You can't be one-dimensional against them. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'm taking the Niners minus 10, but I will say that if Barkley plays, that might be just enough for me to change my mind. I know the running back doesn't usually change the line much. I don't like the 10. I'd feel, I feel like the Niners are going to win by 10. Uh, I wish it was 9.5, but if I have to break the tie, I, I am good. With, without Barkley, I'll lean towards the Niners to win by a little more than 10 points on Thursday Night Football. So there you go. Final thing on baseball. Um, we have 13, uh, 12 days to go in the regular season, and there's still a lot up for grabs. Um, in terms of division titles, everything's probably settled except for the AL West, but I wouldn't count the Rays out in the AL East just yet. They're two and a half back, but three in the loss column against Baltimore. But Baltimore obviously uh, – you know, with 95 wins, I mean, their their manager, by the way, Brandon Hyde, he has done an absolutely remarkable job and is is without a doubt the manager of the year. The Orioles lost the first two games of a four-game set with Tampa the end of last week, but they bounced back Saturday, Sunday, win the last two games of that series, and now they've taken the first two of three from Houston. And after this, after they play the Astros today, they got the, the Guardians and then the Nats and the Red Sox at home. So I think the Orioles are not are going to win 100 games 
<clears throat> plus and win their division. So I like the Orioles there. The AL West is crazy because the Astros, Rangers, and Mariners are all tied in the loss column. Technically, Houston's in front. They've played one more game and have one more win, but they're all at 68 losses. And what's on at stake is two of the two of those three teams are going to make the playoffs. One of them is going to be out. So the Astros, Rangers, Mariners essentially tied. One's going to win the division. One's going to be a wild card. The third team's probably going to be out. I, I now it, it's it's still possible the third team can catch Toronto. I mean, it's not crazy. Toronto's only one game up. I just think Toronto in the end will hold on to one of those spots. So it's going to be tricky between Texas, Seattle, and Houston. Who ends up getting the deal done? But uh, you know, we'll see. And now, listen, Toronto's got to got to play the Yankees and Tampa Bay the rest of the way. So maybe I'm being too uh, bold on Toronto, just locking things up. They did just get swept by Texas in a series, but outside of that series, Toronto's played great baseball here. It was so weird. They lost four a four game series to Texas. Outside of that, they haven't lost back to back games since since August. But so I like Toronto, but. You know, obviously, I, sh- I should probably include them in the mix there. And finally, in the National League, the divisions are over in the National League. Uh, uh, not technically over, but uh, well, in the, in the in the West and the East, they are. The Brewers lead the Cubs by six, the Reds by seven in the Central. That's the Brewers are winning the Central. The question is the wild card, which is still very much up for grabs. The Phillies are the top seed in the wild card. They're going to get in. But you have four teams battling for the final two spots. May tech, I guess you could argue five if you want the Giants. I, I don't like the way they're playing. I don't think they're going to make a move. But you got Arizona at 80 and 72. The Cubs at 79 and 72. The, the Marlins at 79 and 73. And the Reds at 79 and 74. Those four teams are within a game and a half each other with 12 days to go. It's going to be wild. Two in, two out. Maybe even San Francisco. At 76 and 75, you put them in the mix, but I'd be shocked if San Francisco got in. It's going to be a fun ride the last 12 days. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'll be back on Friday. We'll do all the NFL picks. Look ahead to the weekend, plus some big college games, including Ohio State and Notre Dame. I'll talk to you then. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bat Rivers. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.